In the beginning, God. That's how the Bible starts out. In the beginning, God. Those are the first words of the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. God, this is asserting, is the foundation of our lives. If we do not... If we do not have a sense of the primacy of God in our lives, we will never get it right. Get life right. Get our lives right. Not God at the margins. Not God as an option. Not God on some days or sometimes or on Sundays only. God at the center. God first. God last. God as the subject. God as the hope of all of life. That's how the Bible starts out, affirming that bold claim, God at the center. And then the Bible launches us into a long story that wants to explicate that truth. And the book of Genesis is full of stories of named people, people who loved and quarreled, people who married and had children, people who believed and doubted, people who succeeded and failed people who experience sin and grace. And if we pay attention to the wonderful stories in Genesis, we may, we may find even that our lives are living variations on those same stories. You've probably heard some of the names of these people in Genesis. is Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob and Rachel, and Joseph and his brothers. Today, our focus is on Jacob. Jacob is the grandson of Abraham and Sarah. Jacob also, you might remember, has a twin brother. His name is Esau. Esau was the firstborn of the two brothers. And as you may recall, it was the older brother who usually received the blessing of the father, which signified God's blessing. Uh, But with the help of his mother, Rebekah, When Isaac, the father, was older and had trouble seeing and ready to bestow the blessing on his son Esau, Jacob disguised himself as Esau, his brother, and received his father's blessing, stealing it from his brother Esau. You can read about all this in Genesis 27. But that blessing and the theft of the blessing by Jacob put Jacob on the run. Jacob knew Esau would never get over what he had done to Esau. So, fearing for his life, Jacob ran off to his mother's family, seeking safety and security from Laban, who was Rebekah, his mother's brother and Jacob's uncle. In that running off, full of fear, Jacob had a dream. God told Jacob that God would indeed bless him. Bless him fully. It was a blessing much like the blessing that Abraham and Sarah had received in earlier chapters of Genesis, that they would be given land, that they would be given abundance, that God would never leave them, stay with them, provide for them, care for them, protect them. Biblical scholar Walter Brueggemann even reminds us that the blessing that Jacob received in that dream sounds like the familiar words of Psalm 23. Psalm 23, you recall, reminds us that the Lord is our shepherd. The Lord keeps us. The Lord watches over us and guides us to still waters and restores us. Psalm 23 reminds us that God keeps providing for us and and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
all of this is basically what Jacob heard in his dream, that powerful message of God's care and God's provision. And even while he was on the run, he would be blessed. He didn't have an uncertain future. He has a certain future, and it is with God. Well, Jacob woke up from the dream and said those familiar words that we might have heard before too. Surely the Lord was in this place, and I didn't even know it. So he made uh, a put together some rocks there and named the place Bethel and it was wonderful and it was holy and was full of God's presence and Jacob then committed himself to serving God and trusting God all his days. All of that is in Genesis 28. Soon after this encounter with God, this dream, Jacob encountered some shepherds grazing their sheep in the field and Jacob learned quickly that these were Laban's sheep the sheep of his uncle, the people he had been trying to find. This is who they were. The shepherds introduced Jacob to Rachel, one of the shepherds and the daughter of Laban. They had this happy meeting out in the fields, family coming together, a sense of connection and hope, fear dissipating for Jacob, a sense of God blessing him. Indeed, it was coming true. God had promised And it was coming true. Jacob kissed Rachel, Laban's daughter. And from the first moment, it says Jacob loved Rachel. Rachel, the daughter of Laban. Rachel then went and told her father that family had arrived. Jacob had to come. So Laban ran out to meet Jacob and they had this huge embrace. And then they started talking and negotiating that Jacob should not just live and work like other workers. Laban had two daughters, one named Leah and one named Jacob, one named Rachel. Leah had nice eyes, it says, but Rachel was stunningly beautiful. Jacob loved Rachel. Jacob said he wanted to marry Rachel. So they agreed. They agreed that if Jacob worked for Laban for seven years, he could marry Laban's daughter, Rachel. And the text says, so Jacob worked for seven years in order to marry Rachel, but it only seemed, quote, like a few days because he loved her so much. After seven years of working with Laban, Jacob was ready to marry Rachel. So he asked Laban to fulfill the promise. Laban invited all the people around for a big feast, a big wedding party. But late in the evening... Laban brought his other, older daughter, Leah, to the wedding festivities. And Jacob slept with her. And this is where we get to our verse for today. Genesis 29, 25. When morning came, it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, what is this you've done to me? Did I not serve you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? This is the word of the Lord. So I'm doing this series on one verse from Scripture. Today's verse is that one. When morning came, it was Leah. It's a concise and biting summary that depicts 
what we all might know something about. Extreme disappointment. It's a biting summary of desperate disappointment. It's a brief statement, in fact. When morning came, it was Leah. And that exclamation embodies the powerful pain of disappointment. Seven years Jacob had worked for Rachel. Seven years Jacob had had waited on a promise to be fulfilled. Seven years in a far-off country, displaced from his own family and sense of purpose. Waiting, hoping, loving Rachel, hoping for a new day of joy and life to come about. Moreover, seven years is not just a number. You might recall seven in the Bible is a complete number. And so it's not just a number of years. It's the indication of a long and complete time. After that kind of devotion, after that kind of waiting and that kind of working, certain expectations are meant to come to fruition. But it was Leah. So the first thing we want to sort out is how in the world does this happen? How in the world does this happen? There are a number of circumstances that all combined in this scenario. In that age and culture, daughters belonged to their family and to their father. And women had little say about their futures. This reflects a practice that is still in place today in some Middle Eastern communities. Also, the commitment to work seven years in order to marry a daughter was not so unusual. It was part of the deal. So Jacob and Laban had reached a deal, and the seven years went by. And it says it went by like it was just a few days because Jacob loved Rachel so much. Also, the wedding feast, which was what Laban provided at the end of seven years, is called in Hebrew mishte, a mishte, which is more likely a drinking party. As we might guess, drinking parties can go in lots of directions and lead to lots of confusion. And when morning light came, then the confusion was understandable, especially A, if there was lots of drinking, and B, it happened in the darkness, and C, if Leah and Rachel were both veiled as they likely were. There's another dynamic at work here, too. Jacob, you recall, tricked his way into receiving his father's blessing, stealing it from his brother Esau. Now he's the one tricked. Given a wife he didn't want after long years of waiting and serving, he wanted to marry Rachel. He was given Leah. When morning came, it was Leah. And he said, what is this that you have done to me? Did I not serve with you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? You know what? We don't, we don't often receive what we want. It's a fact. A desperate expression of extreme disappointment is what that is. It was Leah. It was Leah. What we learn as we move through life, you know this, is life is often full of extreme disappointments. Our best laid plans our most careful intentions, our years of devotion, our years of commitment can leave us desperate and perplexed about how to go forward 
what we thought to be our happy future as Jacob envisioned it with Rachel comes crashing down. According to the practices of ancient custom, Jacob was married to Leah that night, not Rachel. We often find ourselves at a point, at a place in life when what we thought was going to happen is no longer possible. What we were hoping for, what we were living toward, we learned suddenly and harshly is not going to happen. It may involve a deep and meaningful relationship, a marriage, a powerful connection in our lives. In the morning light, when all things come clear, we're not sure how to go forward. We have never been this way before. We wonder if we can breathe, take a step, find a way. Truth hits like a freight train. It was Leah. There's no turning back. It feels like only darkness. We often find ourselves at crossroads, perhaps with our children, or perhaps with a professional situation, the building blocks that we have worked so hard to put into place, the years that we have been so attentive, the efforts that we have put forth to care, to love, to support, to help, to encourage, no longer remain part of the equation. We find ourselves in a new and an unexpected chapter. Depending on the situation, all kinds of questions might pop up. How are we going to afford this? What will the neighbors think? Who am I now? What am I supposed to do now? If we pay attention to these stories from Genesis, we realize that we may very well be living variations of these stories in our own lives. Tremendous disappointment can come to all of us. It may involve mostly our hearts. It can involve so much more like social setbacks, like legal proceedings, financial crises, and all things in between. We may read about it happening to other people. We may try hard to live our lives and guard against the possibility of it happening to us. But the fact is, disappointment, extreme disappointment, desperate circumstances that we never wanted to happen or could never have imagined invariably come to us. Here's the good news. Here's the message of this chapter. Here's the message of the whole Bible. God is foundational for our living. When we have a sense of the primacy and the presence of God, we can persevere. We can get life right, get our lives right. God is not far off and distant and somewhere else. God promises to be in the midst. God has not left us like we may think. God is always at the center and at the circumference. God first, God last, God, God, God. God is our hope in all times and places. In Jacob's case, 
from the unhappy and unfortunate beginning with his marriage to Leah, God remained active in the story, amazingly so. They stayed married for seven years and there were children and that was part of the blessing. Eventually, Jacob married Rachel and God blessed them too, fulfilling every promise, not in predictable ways, not in expected ways, but working in every way, every way to bring about God's ways. This is the good news. This is the promise. This is the truth. Life is never without God's presence and care. That's, that's the main point. Never without God's presence and care. Despite our disappointments, despite our inabilities to see how anything could become clear or hopeful about certain situations, God is always at work. The good news of the gospel. That's the point never to be missed. God, 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 always, everywhere, present, at work, never, ever leaving us. The Reverend Dr. John Claypool was a preacher and a teacher and a theologian who died a few years ago. He was one who knew some things about faith and life and joy. He's also one who knew some things about disappointment and pain and suffering. Among Claypool's life's challenges was the death of his 10-year-old daughter from leukemia. Despite medical science, despite endless prayers from everyone he knew, and he knew lots of people across the world who were praying, he found himself at his daughter's bedside as her life was slipping away. All he could do, he said, was hold her hand and put moisture on her lips and weep and weep. It took every ounce of energy, he says, to keep from fainting. Claypoo also says he had a profound religious experience at his daughter's bedside. He writes that many might find this unspectacular indeed, but Quote, who wants to be slowed to a walk? To creep along inch by inch, just barely above the threshold of consciousness and not fainting. That may, sound, that may not sound like much of a religious experience, but believe me, in the kind of darkness where I have been, it's the only form of the promise that fits the situation. Where there is no occasion to soar, and no place to run, and all you can do is trudge along step by step to hear of a help that will enable you to walk and not faint. That is good news indeed. We may find ourselves often in moments of extreme disappointment, overwhelming desperation. It comes our way. God is always our help who enables us to walk and not faint. God is our help and always at work, always at work, whether we can see it or not. God is our help and God promises never to leave us. Never. God's steadfast love is forever. As Philippians reminds us, the Lord is near. 
Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your minds and hearts in the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, this is the reality, the promise, the hope. Life is very hard, full of extreme disappointment. Life is also always full of God, and God's love prevails. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. We believe, O Lord, help our unbelief and guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.